0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Think of all the roads. Think of all the crossings. Taking steps is easy. Standing still as hard. Welcome to the Orange Is the New Black podcast. It is me, Zim Hude, the director of Lit. Um, I am one half of the dynamic duo uh, with me and my man Ace Boogie. Follow him at New Stripe City on New on YouTube. I'm sorry, and also on Twitter at that same handle. You can follow me as always at Zim Hude on Twitter and Zim underscore Hude on Instagram. I have so many notes, so many amazing things to talk about. I honestly don't even know where to begin. I'm recording this uh, start time, uh, August 26th. It's going to carry over because there's so many different things going on in the world today that I know that there's no way I could get it all in one shot, considering we're in the middle of a pandemic, you know, and hopefully everyone's still safe, but we're also in the middle of a lot of issues, um, none bigger than the shooting of Jacob Blake um, in Wisconsin where an unarmed man was shot uh, seven times in his back and now is paralyzed from the waist down. Doesn't matter what side you side on, that's what I'm not here for. I'm here to let you know how it affects our Bengals, right? So more importantly, I think that me and Ace have been doing this show, and a lot of other Bengals people have been covering it. Uh, I am making no secret. I am an African-American male living in America. I feel that a lot of times they're putting this story or other stories such as George Floyd or different things that are currently affecting us at the back, right? At the back of what's going on today. And I think it's really important that this past week that it started off with Carlos Dunlap speaking out on how he felt about how the Bengals organization has responded to it, he made note that in the George Floyd in the George Floyd killing, that Bengals nearly waited two weeks to put out a statement. He also put out like a statement saying that yeah, there was some support from the Blackburn family, uh, but he would like to reach out to to Mike Brown. He would like to reach out to some different people, but considering the the circumstances with COVID different things like that. He just didn't feel like they're doing enough. And he made it a big issue. I don't think he came into the, the press conference thinking that. Um, but I, uh, he, I think he put himself in his position. I think it's the same position. And I can't speak for Ace, but I'll say it for myself. Sometimes I speak and I talk um, outside of this Bengals reporting or whatever you think I'm doing, right? Uh, sometimes I speak on issues that are affecting all of us. And I try to tie that in in how it relates to football. I feel the pressure sometimes that people won't understand where I'm coming from. I feel like Carlos Dunlap felt the same way. And I'm going to read this statement in its entirety. And then we'll get into the football. I think this show is a microcosm of what I expect from everyone. The, le- the beginning of the conversation And the action have to start with the things that are troubling the American people at the forefront. And then we could get the football. Because as we'll talk about as I get later into the show, we're now boycotting basketball games. We're now boycotting baseball games. And now starting to affect your livelihood or it's affecting what you had planned for the week or what you were going to do with your family. But it's all because you don't choose to put the issues that are are plaguing our our country at the forefront. Carlos Dunlap says in a statement, what makes you unhappy about me acknowledging what's going on in my community? I don't understand. I'm a football player. But the reason why I work so hard and the passion I have on the field came from me being raised in the community. The communities are being neglected and they're calling for help. So who am I to turn my back on my community where I'm from and how I'm raised? Now I'm an NFL player and still dealing with those scenarios, as I mentioned earlier in this interview. I have a whole bunch of scenarios that i like to talk about. My reason is, outside of these logos and the logo behind me, I'm the guy from the community, and I'm treated as such. So there's a problem with that. I worked this hard to be able to put my family in a better position so that my family wouldn't have to stress about work again, so that I can open the door for the next kid from my community to leave the door open for the next, so I can break down the generational courage. That was my mission. That was my motivation. And I stand on that with all aspects of my life, on and off the football field. I am not just a football player who just plays football very well for 11 years. I am Carlos Dunlap from Charleston, South Carolina, who plays football for the Cincinnati Bengals by the way of the Florida Gators. He put that out, and he's challenging people, You know, there are a lot of people that want to uh, justify a man being shot in his back sometimes. There are a lot of people that will use different things from people's past to justify why things like this can happen in our in our country. Right. He's putting it out there more importantly, because if you don't address the situation now or you try to overlook it or you try to make it seem as though it's not a bigger issue than what it really is. And your fellow black Americans are telling you it is. You know, this is something I've dealt with my whole entire life. You know, like being wrongfully pulled over, wrongfully uh, uh, searched, all these different things that I've dealt with my whole life. To say that that's your problem, I wouldn't do that. But if it's gotten to the point that now people are saying that it's okay that people are get killed or people get shot because they're not doing everything the way that they should. They're not allowed to make a mistake. That's a big problem. There are so many people um, that are now speaking out on it. And there's a lot of people that are not. And it's a lot of people that say, Oh, well you're just crying. You're a millionaire or they'll come up with all these different scenarios. It's because you're in denial. If you're saying that your brothers or your sisters are in need, or you acknowledge us as brothers and sisters, then you have to treat us as such. If your brother, your mother went and made a mistake, cops come out there today, make one mistake. You wouldn't be justifying them being shot in the back under no circumstances. Not seven times, right? Well, let's say he was reaching for something, right? And I think people like Joe Burrow, who came out recently today and said, How can you hear the black how can you hear the pain black people are going through and dismiss it as nothing? How can you hear the pain and respond with anything other than I stand with you? So for those that think that it's not an issue, or think this is politics, or think this has some other agenda, I'm here to tell you you're wrong. This is a human rights issue. This is everything that has to do with sports. This is everything that makes us whole. And if people aren't listening and they aren't going to convict the people that do these wrongful killings, then you're going to have a major problem. People say, well, you're not going to solve racism in a day, you know. So no one's saying that, but you have to start somewhere. And that's the convictions of of people that are wrongfully still out here, like, <laughs> Some of these cops are just walking around Whole Foods. You know, like, there has to be a precedent set so that some of the things that Carlos Dunlap is saying in his statement resonate to the the kids, you know, that are watching the Bengals or watching football or watching anything as it relates. Because in a lot of these sports, such as the NBA, it's 70% black. So if everyone else is speaking on this, but you're treating it as though it's not a big deal, you know, that's like you telling me something about currently like a unjust issue in a sport that I know nothing about. I'm going to yield to your guidance to guide me in that, to to make me aware of those things. If you told me something about uh something wrong in the sport of lacrosse today, I don't, I don't follow lacrosse. So you have to tell me like what's going on and I'll do my research and I'll check it out. A lot of people are saying, no, they'll, they'll, they're there. You need to do your research on, on the background of this, this guy, Jacob Blake, and different things like that. The background doesn't matter when I'm looking at a video that you all see and you and, it wouldn't matter if he was black, white, or brown. I would feel the same exact way, I assure you. It's just the video that I have is that of a black man. So this led into the sports world where... Our Cincinnati Reds boycotted their game uh, Wednesday night. Also, there were uh, the NBA playoffs. It started with the Orlando Magic and the Milwaukee Bucks game where they did come out a little bit, but then they boycotted that as well. Left the field, I mean, left the basketball court. was applauded by many. Some people didn't get it, you know. But it's a stand that money won't be generated People say, how will will this help? Money runs a lot of this country. As we know, money is in everything, but money is very important to a lot of people, including myself and your family and everybody else like that. So if you're stopping money generation, it forces the higher ups to pay attention. If they pay attention, rest assured, there'll be some things that get done once they give their list of demands. And that goes for all sports. So today, as I'm filming this, August 27th, there it started with the Arizona Cardinals were the first team that came up and said that they were boycotting uh, this upcoming practice uh, for today. So that that's that's the the first thing. So it keeps on going across different sports, and what you'll see is if these things, the initial demands of convicting the people that are wrongfully killing people, convicting the officers. Let me me make that straight. Then you'll see how it affects sports. And once again, this is not a political agenda. This is currently how it affects sports and how it affects our livelihood, how it affects our everyday, uh, regiment. Joe Burrow made his statement, uh, then, you know, the following day. And I think it was very true to to see a white man who is in a position that he is stand up like I'm expecting all of my brothers and sisters to stand up with us like Carlos Dunlap is implying. And he's hoping Mike Brown can do the same exact thing. AJ Green says. Um, After hearing about the statement that Joe Burrow said is, that's what you want to see. You want to see that your quarterback be in the position to step up because those guys are the drive of our league. Um, He has some really other really good things to say um, also after practice today, August 27th. But I'm sorry. I got a little bit off track. The seven teams that uh, canceled practice today, Chicago Bears, the Cardinals, the Colts, the Jets, the Packers, the Titans, and the Washington football team. But no no one's going to force you to stand with us. I wouldn't force you to be my friend, you know. So it's got to be something that comes with your heart. The same way that you have heart for guys like Bobby. Bobby Hart. <laughs> I'll talk about Bobby Hart a little bit later because uh, he actually, on August 27th, uh, the practice is there. He, he was not dressed. I do want to switch up the mood, though. There's so many highlights from the week, and I want to make sure that I don't forget anything. First of all, let's get into, like, the one-on-ones. Drew Sample, like, this is this is just my assessment from the whole entire week. I'm going to pump out all of this info as fast as I can. Um, the other issue I was going to talk about before I get into the football portion of it is Mackenzie Alexander. Um, his His father... Was missing on a berry picking trip. He then goes out to Florida, where his father was found missing. Uh, it came out later. Goes seeks out the guy that last saw his father. Gets in a, uh, a misdemeanor assault charge. He gets out of jail later on, a day or two later. Then they find. His father, his father walks right into the sheriff's office because I guess they, they know that he knew that they were looking for him, but all is well. So special shout out to Alexander McKenzie. That that was a very, uh, very, very crazy scenario that just a story you don't hear every day. So, uh, so many details we don't know yet. Shout out to that family and praise them like for finding there. I'm just so glad his father is, is safe. Because one thing I did is I called my father and I told him I love him. Because I can't imagine, I can't imagine my dad going to pick berries. Like I'm, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna say that with the the straightest face that I can. But if he's gone missing, I'm freaking out, and it it's, it's gonna be yeah, a, a crazy search effort on my part. And it might not have been fighting; it might have been uh, even worse. So I'm so glad that they found him. Let's get into the football part of this. My highlights from the week, Drew Sample, one-on-ones, is absolutely killing. Carl Lawson, every every camp always kills. Lawson, Dun- Dunlap, and Hubbard, all three have so many different highlights. I watch all these highlights, you know, like when um, Dave Lapham and Dan Hoard do a special. They, they? We get to see some of the one-on-ones, which is amazing. Some of the best one-on-ones that I saw is Lawson versus Jonah. Like, they're I mean, you talk about iron sharpening iron. Like, that's how you do it. That's how we get to the place that we're going to go, right? By winning, by playing the toughest talent that we can and, and getting everybody on the same page. Throughout the whole week, last week, this week, with A.J. Green being out, A.J. Green had a minor hamstring issue. He's now practicing. He's back. Um... Catching passes, one-handed, crazy stuff like that. But while he was out, Auden Tate, Auden Tate and Joe Burrow look so unstoppable that it it, it it's like it catapults him into a, a higher space on the lineup. If you were just thinking about him as a backup for A.J. Green, I, I would have said, yeah, before the season starts. Now I'm in a mode where this guy now, he's got a role. There, like he's he's got to be a part of this football team in so many different capacities, whether AJ Green's healthy, whether John Ross is healthy or not. John Ross was out. His his family. What a what an amazing news cycle, right? We got so many highlights from somebody. John Ross's family, uh, his his his, uh, his the mother of his son was diagnosed with COVID, and his son also. He then flies to California and makes sure that they're straight. He was out all a bit of four or five days because I think on this past Saturday they didn't have practice anyway. But he comes back, gets his three COVID tests. He's back at practice. He goes and dies for a crazy pass, falls on his shoulder. We all think he breaks his shoulder. Turns out he's all right. He comes back on the 11-11s. They throw him a pass. He's back out there. Andrew Brown, they've been kicking him. He's he's the closest thing that we have to a three tech that will be a replacement to Josh Tupo, um, him and another guy I'm gonna be talking about next. Um, Andrew Brown has been playing very very well, been getting really really good reviews. So there's a lot of people that have been asking about um, you know this defensive line depth and how a guys looking. Andrew Brown is a guy that I'm I'm looking now as a, as a roster lot when this when they drafted Cali uh, Kareem, I always thought about Andrew Brown. But I I didn't want to put them right. I didn't want to pencil them because Glasgow and Tupo, now Andrew Brown healthy, drizzle beats. If y'all don't know, Andrew Brown makes beats. This this is the part of what I do that I don't think y'all understand. Like, it's going to be a little bit different than the average person. Andrew Brown makes beats, and they're not bad beats. And I've heard rappers, and I've been in contact with rappers that have actually made songs to Andrew Brown beats. And I like it. So not only does he make beats, he's beating people on the field as well. So that's really dope. Uh, Alex Erickson and Mike Thomas, in those same moments where AJ Green isn't there, has been there in the clutch. Those those two guys are battling it out. Where the Bengals are now forced to pick seven wide receivers to go into their to their fifty six their fifty three man roster, and. It's Erickson versus Thomas to me. But then you got Stanley Morgan, who's probably our best special teams guy, right? So you got these three guys battling it out with so much talent, battling it out to the point that Damian Willis, who was a starter last year because of the injuries, is now been cut. Then the Cleveland Browns pick him up the following day. When I tell you, like, the amount of news coming through from a Bengals fan's perspective or whatever – Is amazing. I don't know if you guys uh, follow all the shows on here, but you should. There's the OBI who recently interviewed Mike Daniels right before probably the day that this gets posted. Stay tuned for that. But Mike Daniels interview, he's so, um, so energetic, so crazy about being a football player that it gets me excited. So some of my angst and some of the doubt that I had from the defensive line standpoint, if that guy is healthy, let's roll. Let's do this. We're talking about a former pro bowler, not far removed from being a top 10 defensive tackle in this, in this league before he signed with the lions. Like this guy is motivated. He's ready to play. He's got high praise for Joe Burrow says that he likens him to Aaron Rodgers. Like, there's so many sound bites from. If all this craziness wasn't, if guys weren't picking berries, if if uh, if people weren't protesting and all this, there's so many sound bites from Bengals players this year. On, I mean, I'm sorry, this week, on just Joe Burrow alone, like it, it's it's insane. Uh, when I talked about Lawson, talked about Dunlap and all that, Dunlap's got an interception in in um in in the scrimmage. There's um so many different things, even from the secondary position. Now that uh, Trey Waynes is now looking at as an IR hit, classified 10 million IR hit, don't know if he's designated to return at any point. But now we're looking at um, uh, Darius Phillips being the number two guy. But Lou Anarumo says, hey, wait a second. I wouldn't be opposed to him being it. Playing playing nickel, so now you got the guy that I don't want to play on the outside. LaShawn Sims now taking reps uh, as the number two corner. So in all, by all accounts, William Jackson's been looking really good at camp too. So there's so many different things to look at. I talked about Hart earlier, and going to the offensive line. I think it's really crazy that uh, these days Michael Jordan just had a, a brand new ba- a newborn, so he left camp for a day. Right, he goes has a jo- uh, has a baby or is the father of a baby, and he steps off. I thought it was very telling that uh, Billy Price didn't step in to that role of guard of anything. He then immediately goes into backup um, center roles, right? But at the right guard position, Fred Johnson is now inserted in there um, on 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 different, um, different sets. And I wouldn't be opposed to it because I always thought about the plan that they had last year for Cordy Glenn to play left guard and going with these bigger, I studied a lot of teams where they put these big monsters at the guard position and then you get these backs getting hiding behind them and running off of that. But then once they moved into that pin and pull system with their blocking scheme at the end of last year, I'm not sure how well that will work, but it's so intriguing to see a monster of a guy like that. I remember playing one of my um uh, my friend, he's an athletic trainer for the Titans, and it's the same guy ironically that told me that um LaShawn Sims wasn't really that good. He said, This is two thousand I wanna say sixteen. We're about to play him one day. He calls me. He says, Man, did it the Bengals have the biggest football team I've ever seen. And I remember that team like there were some big dudes. I mean, this might have been right at the end of maybe Marcus Hunt like leaving or something like that. But Bengals absolutely had all these big guys. And now now we're getting back into that at the same time. You got the short frame guys, Mike Daniels and stuff that can really push the pocket that make a living off of bull rushes. So there's so many different aspects of this team that I'm just looking forward to seeing. Like, how do they play against other talent? Because. In all, these, all of these different settings, there there's not one team, when I say team, I mean offense or defense, that are just beating up on each other, you know, every single day. Uh, but the offensive line has a bit of a shuffle. Zach Taylor says that there's absolutely a battle at right tackle between Freya Johnson and Hart, you know. So that's what most fans are leaning more towards. Uh, from what I've been told from my guys like James Rapine and people that have been there. And I've seen it with my own eyes. Bobby Hart kind of held his own in some different spots. But that that wasn't what I was going to say James Rapinoe vouched for. He said Fred Johnson didn't look as good, you know, at the right tackle uh, position. So those are some things that we had to see. A.J. Green spoke out, like I hinted at earlier. Uh, A.J. Green said, this is the most loaded wide receiver group he's seen since 2015. We have a stack offense. We have a stacked offense. I'm the guy that told you, right, that this is the best wide receiver core one through seven. We're not even gonna say one through five, one through seven in the NFL, and it's not even close. I told you that a week ago, right? Now I got AJ Green vouching for me, right? Um, shout out to the goat. But um, it's just it's it's really crazy, and it's a and it's a, it's a good year, I think. With when you got a lot of talent and a lot of different news stories centered around us. But, um, unfortunately no fans in the stands because whatever they had to meet from a citywide ordinance perspective and turning paperwork, it didn't go through. Bengals will have no fans in the stands. So they make, they came out and said that just some very light news, uh, things that I want to offer is that Maury Smith, the safety, um, that was previously, previously with the Miami Dolphins has been signed. So, uh, it, With that, they waived Tristan uh, Viscaino, who is a kicker. So that happened. I already went over the Damian Willis one. So that's something to keep an eye on. Pretty much our 10th best wide receiver was our starting wide receiver last year at at, at the opening tip-off. But now the Browns pick him up. Because I have so much faith in the depth of this wide receiver group, right, and there are different uh, publications that have put out that Bengals may be like 12th, 15th, even the 20th best wide receiver group. Isn't it funny, and watch this, that the Browns, who are probably ranked 7th or 8th, just because Landry and OBJ are at the top of that thing, right? A guy like Damien Willis could get picked up the next day. And watch how he's productive with the Cleveland Browns. If that isn't a – like, he's not getting cut. That's my bold prediction for today, right? The 10th best guy – on the Bengals roster in a wide receiver group is going to not only get picked up by the Cleveland Browns off of waivers the following day, he is going to contribute this 2020 football season. That's how strong I felt about the the wide receiver group. There's uh, like Jesse Bates, uh, uh, even Vaughn Bell. All these guys have had high praise for – Uh, Joe Burrow in this time and I just think it's really, really crazy that I'm talking about these wide receiver groups and I didn't even talk about Joe Burrow, the guy that's going to elevate everybody and I just, it's so crazy that we're at this point and I pray for these days that we'd be in a position where you got a leader and everyone understands who the leader is and he puts fear in defense's eyes and now you have the game plan for the intangibles because the one thing in practice that is not going to show is the manipulation of the pocket and game time experiences, the the extending plays, running for your life. You know the, the 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 gift that they had online the other day of Joe Burrow running for his life on those same plays. Joe Burrow's completing passes, so I'm very excited about the season. I can't wait for it to start. But just be mindful that some of the things that I talked about at the beginning of this podcast resonate very very very, very loudly within the African-American community. And I'm hoping that it touches you in a part where you're no longer thinking that, oh, well, this is just da-da-da-da and whatever. Because I think what the boycotts are going to do first is show you that everything in your daily will be affected or you won't watch sports, whether it's us kneeling, whether it's players boycotting, whether it's the cancellation of something. If you're not active, whether it's voting, you don't have to be a fist-banging person on the table, Uh, just being active and catching people in their conversations and, and correcting the wrongs, and I think we can all get back to sports and get back to what we're excited about, but until that happens, no justice, no peace.